Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to check out new episodes every Wednesday and every Sunday. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Late Breaking F1 podcast presented by Harry Eid. Sam Sage and me, Ben Hocking. We are plowing through the summer break. We're getting there, folks. I think Formula One is just around the corner. All three of us are here today. Um, We are on the normal pursuit of making sure we can get as many three-person episodes as we possibly can, which means today we are recording on a Monday. So, Sam, what news is going to hit us tomorrow? I imagine that Formula One will be cancelled as a sport. Do you know that uh, last time we recorded on a Monday, on Tuesday... Uh, Alphatari sacked Nick DeFries. Oh, Lewis Hamilton will yeah. sign his contract tomorrow, <laughs> won't they? He's going to sign his new deal tomorrow. It's happening. Yeah. I reckon Pascal Verlein to Mercedes. You're welcome, I, F1. <laughs> welcome to 2017, sort of. Uh, I think it's a service we're providing here. Yeah. We're doing it on a Monday. Expect some F1 news. We sacrifice ourselves for the greater good. <laughs> Third time in a row that's come up. Hot fuzz reference a minute The in. greater good. That, maybe that's the new three. <laughs> the greater good. Or the new office. Like catching them swans, then <laughs> <laughs> it's just the one killer, actually. Um, right, we are definitely not doing any more hot fuzz for the rest of this episode. What are we talking about today? F1 back and forth a bit later on, bit of fun to be had there. Uh, Mercedes suffering from the dreaded P word, porpoising again. Bit of a chat on I that. You're going with that. Um, Rumours that DRS might be taken out of qualifying. Our thoughts on that potential. But we'll start with this season. I might get a bit more particular <laughs> than that. Good. This season generally has been a pretty good season for the Red Bull outfit, if you've been paying any attention whatsoever. If you've seen any race this season that hasn't been won by Red Bull, you're either lying or watching the wrong season. So... The question is, Sam, where do you think it ranks in terms of the most dominant seasons of all time? Is it the most dominant season of all time at this point? At this point, I was going to say, you might need to let Asterisk. me finish the rest of the season first before I can give you an actual final verdict. <laughs> That's the answer. That is the we'll answer. come back to you in yeah. December. Say, if you give me another 15 weeks, I'll have an answer for you at that point. Um, I think it's a tough question. It's, it's, it's almost like, you know, the greatest of all time debate. It's so... Oh, let's go to that one. Yeah, maybe that should be next week's topic. No, um, that's healthy. One of the maybe one of our Q and A questions we'll get through. Who is the greatest of all time? Us. Us. That's correct. Nice. Um, my, oh god, you throw me right off the topic here. Uh, greatest seasons for a team, most dominant seasons. I mean, twenty fourteen Mercedes is kind of the other one that immediately jumps out as you know ridiculously dominant. And again, that came through because of a new era coming in with development until changes into the engines. Of course, it was the start of the hybrid era. If you're new to Formula One, go back and watch it because it will put you to sleep as quickly as some of these Max Verstappen victories with how dominant they really were. It was mind-numbingly good how good Mercedes were. 
Um, and you go back before that and you've got, you know, the Schumacher era, of course, with Barrichello supporting him in Ferrari. I think what, Mr. Reed, I'm going to go to you. 03, probably the most dominant year. Oh, no, two. Oh, two. Oh, three wasn't that dominant at all. I mean, 03 oh, went down to the wire. That's why, man. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we, if anyone knows me by now, dates aren't my thing. Just one year off. That's close so Every time. Yeah. Oh, two. So, you know, Schumacher at Ferrari, there was, you know, exceptional. And then, you know, you can go back, you can get every decade kind of has its, its number and the MP4-4 from McLaren that season was the season to beat in terms of car performances uh, that Red Bull have now smashed. They've, they've beaten the victories in a row and victories in a season. So I don't know what one I can pick historically, but it's, it, I would argue currently it is the most dominant car of all time in terms of pure results. In terms of actual on-track difference between its competitors, I do think the McLaren probably still... Beats it. I would argue maybe the 2014 Mercedes still had a bigger gap back to the midfield and the back runners when we were going through normal race trim across the season. As much as Verstappen and somewhat Perez and the rest of Red Bull have been dominant, the actual end race finishing time between the you know the Red Bull whoever's winning and the second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever it might be, is only you know on average between 10 and 20 seconds. On a, on a good day. Obviously, we've had a couple of 30s. But, you know, if, if you're not new to F1, you'll remember that a lot of the time there were moments where the most dominant driver in certain races would have lapped everyone up to like third sometimes. You know, you might wing by, you know, literally a minute and a half and you just kind of think, this is ridiculous. How are you this good? And that happened a lot in the kind of the 80s and the 90s especially. So, it's hard to say that Red Bull have got the most dominant performance of all time. In terms of just results, yes. In terms of actual car performance, I don't quite know. What do you guys think? That's, that's, it's like I answered that. I properly was on the fence. <laughs> I had to also well, apply history, which is my weakest topic. Just in case you do have anything different to add, Harry. Um, <laughs> what do you reckon? I Sam's totally right. I think it does depend on what your... A definition, I guess, or your your view is uh, of dominance. Um, because if you are just looking at have they won every race, yeah, yeah, that is factually true. Factually true. And if we were doing our mid-season review uh, in 1988, which you know, sadly we just Eight, just episode uh, 56, I think that you was. guys weren't around. It was just me. <laughs> it was just Sam talking into the void. Yeah, no one listened. Podcast what I think about then. But if we were doing our mid-season review, uh, you know, summer break content in 1988, we probably would say the same thing because at that point, McLaren had also won every single race. Quite good. Um, but to your point that you, you made at the end there, Sam, I think it's, you've got to look at, honestly, some of the races in like, as you say, the 80s, but I think early 90s, especially with the Williams. Mm. Uh, there's some yeah. races like they're, they're like, so far ahead they've lapped everyone and then the second place is a minute and something behind or yeah, something that ridiculous yeah. like that so i think yes from the outside uh or at least in raw performances in terms of finishing first place yeah first initial look yes you, you know it's probably it looks like one of the most dominant but i think if you actually just dig into it I, i've said this before I, f1 despite the fact the red bull have won every race so far i think f1 as a sport is probably in, in one of the in terms of the competition of the sport, it's probably in its healthiest guise ever. I think despite the Red Bulls winning everything, the the, the rest of the pack are so close and, and I guess have been for a few years now, um, even in even in 2020 when Mercedes were, were dominating, um, that I think, yeah, it's quite easy to say, oh my God, it's boring, it's dominant. But if you, again, if you go back to, yeah, like I say, those, those late 80s, early 90s, um, they, they was guys, Mansell, Dr. Nige, Alan Prost, etc. Go, just go back and Google some results from, from then and you'll realise- That'll that, do it. Yeah, it, they, they were just miles ahead. So uh, yes, it's dominant, but I don't, in my view, I don't think it's as dominant uh, as, as we have had before. And I, I appreciate we have not only on this episode, but in a lot of episodes this year, been showering Red Bull with praise. And in all honesty, I think a lot of it is very well deserved based on how good they've been. I almost think that it's more impressive based on the arguments that you've just mentioned, Harry, because I don't disagree with them at all. But I almost think that because Formula One is at least now not set up in the same way where it's easy to dominate than it was, say, certainly 30 years ago, but even 10 years ago, 
it makes it even more impressive that they're not losing any Grand Prix at all. Um, you see qualifying as an example. You've got you know, those Williams cars from the 90s, the McLaren cars from the 80s. They would be seconds ahead of anyone else. Whereas now we've we've only got a second or two that separate the entire field at some circuits. So I, I don't think Formula One, just based on how um, with the with the cost cap as an example of that, but also just um, what can be differentiated, the real um, restraints that are put on some of the um, innovations in Formula One nowadays, it's more difficult to dominate, which when you look at Red Bull's results, I think makes it even more impressive. Um, I, to be honest, landed on a very similar conclusion to the both of you, which is it depends what your definition of dominant is. Certainly if we're looking at results, they cannot be questioned so far this year in terms of win rate. Um, and I think, to be honest, with the, the number of races we've got in this season, it'll end up being 22. Even if they were to drop, let's say, two races this year, right? Let's say they win 20 out of 22. That's comparable to the McLaren MP44, which won 15 out of 16. Now, obviously, they've dropped two, they would have dropped two races in that scenario rather than one, but they've got six more races to contend with. So I think it's quite comparable. And that's if they drop two races this season, which isn't overly likely based on what we've seen so far. Um, I, I think it's been fairly impressive. I think it's definitely in the debate. I would agree with you that I think the, probably the Williams from the uh, early 90s, I'm thinking probably 92 um, is certainly a contender there. Um but also 1988 with McLaren is, is one of the go-to answers for this, and rightly so. I was actually having a look at some of the results. As you mentioned that people should do, Harry, I was looking at the um, McLaren results from 1988. Obviously, they lost the Italian Grand Prix, but that's the only one they lost all year. If you exclude that, this is how many drivers ended up on the lead lap at every Grand Prix that season, along with a McLaren. Brazil, it was four. Good. San Marino, none. Good. Monaco, two. Mexico, one. Canada, one. Detroit, none. France, one. Germany, four. Britain, three. Hungary, two. Belgium, three. Um, Spain, seven. Apparently, they were awful there. Japan, four. <laughs> and Australia, two. That's how many cars were on the lead lap with the McLaren. Stackman! That's mad. Is that, Is that I, I can add that, that quick, but that's, that's around 20-ish or slightly above For the 20. entire season. They've probably averaged about two three. or three, I would say, cars on the lead lap outside of themselves. You imagine if Lewis Hamilton was driving around in fourth place, most races a lap down. <laughs> then you go, this is ridiculous. Yeah. I appreciate like Max Verstappen has picked up a good number of pole positions this year as an example. But generally speaking, there, there have been a few that have been quite comfortable, um, but some have been very, very close. If you look at just one example from that season of 88, um, I can't remember if it was Senna or Prost who was on pole uh, for the San Marino Grand Prix. They were 3.5 seconds faster than the next quickest team. That's just alien to what we've got in Formula One nowadays. That's a lot, isn't it? That's quite a lot. You could do a lot of things in 3.5 seconds. You certainly could. Sweetly. 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 I don't know know why that happened. (laughs) Me every episode. I, uh, and this is, I don't want to go off on a rant and I appreciate I'm talking about. I actually want you to go. Yeah, I'm going to sit back. It's not a rant. Yeah. But uh, I appreciate I'm talking about F1 Twitter here. Your favourite topic. (laughs) Obviously, everyone's favourite topic. But I've seen a few times people saying that, you know, the new regs, Ross Braun's regs, as they're called. RB regs. RB regs. Um, Well, they pretty much are RB regs. Yeah, Yeah, that that was the joke, everyone. Lol. Um, You know, that they've ruined the sport, you know, because of this Red Bull dominance, inverted commas. Um, and they're not working, but I, it just, that's just not the case. Cause how I, many times do we have to say you remove Max Verstappen and this championship is incredibly close. But, but just like, as you just pointed out there, <laughs> that we're not, we don't have a case where only, you know, maximum seven cars end up on the lead lap and that's an outlier for the season. And the, the lead, the lead team are like three and a half seconds up the road. It's just, that's nonsense. It's a nonsense argument. When was the last time the 107% rule was mentioned? 
Exactly. Like just just mentioned. It was kind of a common thing about a decade ago, wasn't exactly. it? Yeah, but that's only yeah. when we had like HRT and they, you know, HRT. Yeah. It's HRT Hormone doing replacement things. therapy. Should not be driving a race car. Marisha and Caterham often weren't that far away from that discussion as well. Super so Aguri had some moments that was, yeah. you know. Yeah. But, so even when it wasn't enforced, it was still a topic of conversation because it was always like it could happen. Nowadays, like you don't generally have teams outside of probably 103%, let alone 107. Yeah. This is two percentage heavy again. Hey, yeah, I know that. Why has that happened? Third episode in a row now. Percentages. Are we all statisticians? <laughs> Not statisticians, but statisticians. It just sounds better, doesn't it? Statisticians. Statisticians? Oh, no wonder we, people don't come back. Statistician man. <laughs> it doesn't quite have the same thing to it. Good. Random one. Yeah. All right. Do you think that Perez and the job he's doing at Red Bull this season is comparable to the job that Barrichello did at Ferrari? No, I think Barrichello did a much better job. Ooh. Interesting one. Uh, I was yeah. looking back at some of those early Ferrari seasons and... They looked remarkably similar to what this season looked like. Yeah, I Barrichello, don't get me wrong, Barrichello on his day, a very difficult man to, to beat. Yep. And you could say the same for Perez. I'd say the, they're fairly similar. Um, We're ranking number two drivers here, and I think it's number two drivers. Going. No, I, I, I think you've got a fair... I think there's a fair case to say that Barrichello did a better job. I think he was better, generally. But, I'd, but I think I'd just say at the moment they're, they're similar. It depends how... Because you're looking at Barrichello as a 2000 to 2005 yeah, stint. Yeah. yeah. And Perez is only done... Um, I wouldn't say there's a golf in class, but I do think Barrichello's got this one. I also think... Oh, this is a tricky debate. Cool. He was up against Michael Schumacher. Oh, let's not open this can of worms. We're going away, someone. <laughs> um, I, the thing is... And it depends on the context of everything. Barrichello, um, sorry, Perez has not been asked to give up any wins so far. <laughs> oh, this is and, and we've had Austria. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let's not go there. But my, my point being that, like Well, there's probably only one occasion this year, Saudi, Saudi where that that scenario could have even begun to play out. Could you oh sweet lord, could you imagine the scenes if that was a thing now? Mm. Move out the way, please. Get out the way, Sergio. Max is faster He's than five you. seconds away. Yeah. Don't don't care. Don't, don't care. Don't care. Oh, man. You'd be out of a job if you if you did it twenty years ago. If you kept persisting saying no, you'd be you'd be gone. You go, you got a team player, get out. Well, that's why sorry, Barry kind of did it, but he did it on that literally just before the line. Oh then point. Michael pulling him up on the top step. And then they got fined for that bit. Not yeah, not the team orders. Not the team orders. Not the, the trying to change the results, yeah. <laughs> that's that's the most FIA penalty ever. We care about the step order, yeah. not the way the race was run. Breaching podium protocol. Anyway, we've gone way off topic. We've gone way, way off topic. Ferrari, what, like, ben, what was fun. your opinion? Sorry, we didn't even get it. Barrichello or Paris? Oh, ba um, Barrichello just, but it's very close, I think. I think he's got a head in front. Rubens Barrichello. I love Rubens. How can you not like Rubens? So Who doesn't like lovely. Rubens? Lovely man. Last point before we move on. Do you think that if we're looking at the MP44 where they had Senna and Prost, who I think most would agree to world-class drivers. He's the best lineup of all time. <laughs> Do you think that gives, even though we're talking about a car and a season here, does that give that sort of a season an edge? Because we generally don't get that. I mean, yeah, I'm, I made the point earlier, right? You look at, if you took away Max Verstappen and had to, imagine if you put Barrichello and Perez in this Red Bull, Barrichello at its peak, Sergio Perez at its peak, would they be achieving what Max Verstappen would be achieving now? I don't think so. I don't think they'd ever be running away with it. So I think actually this season could boil down to having a few different wingers, could be a bit of an all-timer right now, because I think it is the driver that can make the difference. And that's how Lewis Hamilton always kind of took that step up and always made the extra difference when it counts. And Schumacher did the same. And you had both drivers capable of doing that. And they were very different in the way they approached a race. And then, you know, Sengel was that raw speed, raw aggression, very almost Verstappen-esque. Whereas Prost was more calculated. He was more consistent. He got the job done over a period of time. And it together in theory if they could get along and didn't have that bitter feud about you know who wins what 
they would go down as the ultimate driver pairing to have ever existing in Formula One. And that is what has compounded the MP4-4 as being the most dominant car of all time because it isn't what? I was going to say, my point was going to be you could have given a monkey to drive that MP4. I don't think so. No, but my, but I, an average driver, okay, not an actual monkey, but an average driver could have driven that car, probably still won in it. But my point is, because they were in it, yeah, that does my point is, that problem. they probably would have won in it. This is what I mean. Like Sergio Perez would probably win the, the drivers' championship if Max Verstappen didn't exist. But it's a debate you could have. It's not a. It's not written in the stars like it is with Verstappen. You go, yep, he'll win it, no problems. Just tiny temper. <laughs> Absolute tune that is. And then we pass out. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from tiny. Um, Quick shout to the um, 2016 Merc. I know you mentioned the 2014 Merc earlier, Sam, mm, yeah. but I think 2016 deserves a shout as well because let's face it, if you're picking any of those early Mercedes years, they were all pretty good. But 2016, as far as I'm aware, they only didn't win two races that year. In one of them, they decided to crash into each other mm, in Spain. Yes. And the other one was, no, no, no. Hamilton no, in Malaysia. no. So... I think that was, they were very close that year to winning what 20 out of 20 or 21 out of 21 or however many we had. But yeah, that's a fair shout. Is he the most underrated one time world champion of all time? God, we are covering all the topics today. I think it's a good question. If James Hunt didn't exist. Um, (laughs) Such a womanizer. (laughs) I don't want to go to a break now. We can't leave people with that. (laughs) I'm going to go smoke a packet after this break. I just need to pop downstairs and check on me Heskiff. But once I've done that... Have a shot we'll be, of whiskey. We'll be back talking about something that was never around in my day. DRS. Oh, <laughs> Dr. S. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Guys, there are rumours a-swirling. Rumour has it a-swirling. <laughs> Thanks, Adele. It's awful. Um, Rumours are swirling that Formula One might be considering removing DRS from qualifying. Now, at the moment, you can use DRS in any of the zones where you would be able to use DRS in the race um, when you're within one second of the car in front. Used to be a bit different. You could just use DRS everywhere. Everywhere. But now that's how DRS works in qualifying. Potentially, though, they want to scrap it entirely just for Saturdays or Fridays on sprint weekends. Sam, is that a good idea? I'm going to let the intrusive thoughts win. I really just wanted to say this when you said it earlier. I just wanted to go D-R-S. It's in the zone. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Cheers, EA Sports. Was, Thank you. Yeah. Well, get For anyone that wasn't, wasn't clear, that was an EA Sports reference. It's in the game. <laughs> um, I, it's amazing, isn't it? The turnaround that we've had from having DRS available in literally every millimetre of a racetrack, right, where you could... That flat never had to close, baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and now we're on the debate of 
never have a gate open. You know, you keep it firmly shut, please. So, you know, the barn door must close. Okay. And I am all for it. You don't need it. What what does it provide? I think a, a higher top speed in a straight line. I just think that you're artificially improving lap times by having DRS available at all points. And also, you know, Christian Horner came out and said it publicly. He's amazed that other teams have not seen the DRS advantage of what it's not just the DRS that's giving them such a great advantage in a straight line. It's the mechanics that sit under the wing. And that, you know, if we were to close DRS zones for all of qualifying, that gap would come down massively. We might see more problems for the likes of Perez starting even further back than where he has. Max Verstappen might not be on pole as regularly. You know, it could really spice things up. And I'm all, anything that makes a race spicier, I'm all for. Why so spicy? Why so spicy? Unbelievably, we start this topic with Sam agreeing with something the FIA might be looking to do. This is where it's a complete rumour and it's not true and they actually want to increase DRS, but if we're going along with the rumour. Harry, do you agree with not only Sam, do you also agree with this rumour? Shockingly, I yes. (laughs) (laughs) I I agree. I Do you know what? This, when this uh, topic came up, I was just, it's something that I hadn't never really thought about, but I was like, oh yeah, why do we have DRS in qualifying? Like what's it actually for? And obviously I know when we first got DRS, we had it everywhere. I I understand that. Adds a bit of jeopardy because you might want to get through a corner and open your DRS early. Or back in the day, they were trying to go through like, 130R with the DRS That's open. Actually mental. Yeah. Oh. Like that sort of thing is is crazy, crazy times. Um but that's, you know, that's adding something, that's adding an element to, to the excitement somewhat. But when, they they only did that for like two years. In 20, 2013 or something, they, we've had this. So it's been like 10 years yeah. of this format. DRS is like having a new favourite song in it. You play it every single day. And you're like, oh, love, banger, banger, banger. And you, you get, get kind bored of, of it. Yeah, you kind of get a bit fed up with it. So you're like, oh, I'll have it on rotation you know, once yeah. a week or so. And I think we've got to the point where you go, put that in the archives. I'll listen to that once a year. But uh, I just... Again, I've never thought about it, which is, you know, it's it's on me. But why did we do this? Why did the FIA do this in the first place? And why have we just gone along with it for so long? Just like, well, that's that's just how it is. Like, what's it for? That's just the way it is. Yeah, literally. Um, so, yeah, get get rid of it. I'll, you know, we've we spoken about DRS before. I think it should be got, got gone. Got gone. In general. Um, and we have like a push to pass system. But yeah, f- makes if that is going to happen... Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it because it, it quite literally adds nothing. What a wild time it was when we had errs and durs. Curs and durs. and durs. I'd at the bring same back, time. I'd bring back curs if we I know we have some sort of system. system yeah. But curs was fun. I and liked it, watching the little it. battery go down. Exactly. That was fun. Yeah, again, another little element, but uh, you know. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Get rid of it, lads. Um, yeah, they all agree. Yeah. Um, I was exactly the same as you, Harry. I was looking at this thinking, yeah, that's a really good idea. Wait, why haven't I said this before? <laughs> what a great idea that is. Yeah, DRS is, and we've mentioned it plenty of times before about its pros and its cons, about whether it's needed in F1 nowadays, whether it needs to be tweaked, and we might mention that in a moment, but it's an overtaking aid. That's that's what it's there for. You don't overtake when you when you get into um, qualifying, or at least you shouldn't be. Uh, if you're not following the gentleman's agreement into the final <laughs> part, you might need to do a bit of overtaking. Can, can we can we stop with the phrase gentleman's agreement? Yeah. Like just generally, it's like James Hunt on the on the mic. Oh, we've got a gentleman's agreement here in Formula One. Like, come on, man. he thought he drafted it. It was, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that is absolutely not the point I was going to make here. In that you don't overtake in qualifying. So why would you need an overtaking aid? Yes, you can go a little bit faster as a result of opening DRS. And what? It's it's not used for that. So yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely with you. I'll tell you what they should do. Think about its usage on Sunday as well. Just they've clearly heard me or one of us and gone, yeah, all right, maybe DRS is a bit overrated these days. We should look to strip it back. Let's take it out of qualifying. No, 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 no. Let's have a look at it on Sundays as well, please. please. Um, not not just Saturday, Sundays as well. I don't think we're ready for it to be gone on Sundays. As much as I do agree that in long, the long term, I do want it gone. I don't I, think we're there yet. Would you uh, leave it as is then? I would I would keep it for now on a Sunday, yeah. 
As in, like, you wouldn't tweak it at all or just... I would want... I saw a very interesting... And I think we may have discussed this as well a little while ago, that you should get DRS until you're within a second of the car in front. And then you have to battle it out without any aid. So you get to catch up faster, but the overtakes are made much harder. So it stops us having these big gaps between other cars, which I actually... Not mind of that. And first place will never get it, obviously. That would be obviously one of the rules because, you know, you can't just run off with DRS forever because there's no car ever in front of you. So it's, it's, it's obviously it's a pretty rough idea that I kind of saw quickly scribbled out somewhere. Um, but I liked it. It was interesting. I'm not mad at that. Yeah, I think if you're going to get... I obviously, uh, I would get rid of it, but you need to... You can't just have nothing. No, you can't just not, throw it in the bin. not in that place. But um, yeah, again, like a, a push to pass curves system even. Um, just something like that would, would be I like IndyCar's method with a proper amount of time that you can use behind it across a whole race as well yeah the 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 guy who runs race fans and if you follow him on Twitter <laughs> Keith Keith um, my handyman <laughs> not that Keith <laughs> he is oh boy he so does he's not as like, anti-DRS as you can get he yeah. is angry he, he does not like DRS but he made a very good point of, of the IndyCar race that was on Saturday um Graham Rahal was chasing down Scotty D, Scott Dixon. And he said, well, and he didn't get past him, but it was quite a good battle, quite exciting to watch. He said, well, if we had DRS in IndyCar, then Rahal yeah. would have just blasted past him and then that's it. Came blasted over. Past. Blasted past. Yeah. So, yeah, it's that sort of thing where we have that in F1 where I, that's what I quite like, the, yeah. uh, that idea of you get Use it, it until you up. get close. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also saw another point made by fellow F1 creator uh, Tomo, um, which I must admit, I, I don't agree with. And he said, if we remove DRS from qualifying, you're going to see too many cars trying to nab the toe all the time around tracks like Monza. Well, I thought you're going to do it regardless whether you've got DRS or not, right? Slipstream is slipstream, baby. Does anyone remember 2019? That happened. Yeah, that was <laughs> actual, like a car park on the final corner. <laughs> oh, I've, I've been in Aston saying it's been quieter than that. Fine, yeah. parabolica. <laughs> As the parabolica, yeah, it's a great Astabolica. <laughs> Related to your idea, Sam, yeah. I would have DRS available, at least for now, for anyone who is between half a second and 1.5 seconds behind. Oh, it's getting technical. So rather than zero to one, so I'd have it half a second to 1.5 seconds. So as soon as you get half a second, it shuts. that's when it shuts. And then I'm hoping at that point you'd actually see more moves taking place in a braking zone like an actual decision risk assessment from a driver. Do they go ahead and try and make this move or do they hold back and try again when they're a little bit closer? Cause at the moment you just have a lot of instances where cars are just flying past and don't even really need to make the move as they're going into the braking zone. It's like the M25 and you just go into the fast lane and you just go, all right, cool. I'm doing 75. You're doing 70. <laughs> See you later. We're all doing 70. So. Maybe we should have, yeah, I never speed. Maybe we should have <laughs> a rear wing and on top of that rear wing, we've got another smaller rear wing and that opens oh, instead. God. <laughs> and there's sprinklers. <laughs> Don't get me started on sprinklers. <laughs> I think at least with that, you could then sort of just tweak it as you go. Because obviously the objective, I, my objective is never have DRS, but you're right. I don't think we're quite ready for it yet. Yeah. Um, but certainly you could at least tweak it at that point to be, okay, we're fine with 0.5 to 1.5 seconds for the next season. Let's only have it 0.5 to one seconds. And you could just sort of adjust the time downwards and sort of reduce the goalposts until you realize you don't need it anymore. I mean, that's ideal world. I don't know if that will ever actually come true, but. Yeah, for me, I think the idea that I came up with will stop us having those processional races where every car has got like a four second gap to the next car and then a four second gap to the next car. And it will hopefully end up coming together as a bit of a, you've got loads of cars fighting over that one second gap and you might get some lunges. And I, I do like your idea, Ben, that, you know, you have to make a, a risky move going into a braking zone because you've lost the extra horsepower, essentially, um, due to the DRS closing. But I just think that... I would rather cars be much closer together on track because we've had some battles where you kind of in the midfield between maybe 11th and 15th where you've maybe had five or six cars all within half a second of each other. And you just think, don't need DRS here. They're that close together that, you know, they're going wheel to wheel, they're breaking each other, they're trying to undercut each other. That is super exciting. That's what F1 needs to be at the front of the track. So I think as long as we can keep cars, cars closer, which, you know, the aerodynamic system is currently helping, then I think we are on the right formula for an exciting Grand Prix. This is the formula. <laughs> this is the formula. God, right. <laughs> this the is formula one. Only slightly related to that. What will but I am? 
<laughs> Nor will I am the oh. actual DRS conversation. <laughs> right. um, I saw earlier they were going through the overtake of the month awards that they do. Six so far, I think. The one in June was won by Fernando Alonso's move on Lewis Hamilton in Canada. That wasn't that good, was it? Like DRS pass. DRS. It was a DRS pass. Yeah, I mean, it was a bit tight, but that was about it, wasn't it? Yeah, I Surely mean... Surely there was a better overtake than that in the month But didn't that happen in, um, in July as well, wasn't it? Uh, down uh, the, the, Oh, no, June, sorry, the one, Hungary was the one that won. Um, and it's got nothing to do with Paris DRS. Piastri won. I'm just getting angled yeah, with the overtakes. No, I think there was, though, because I, the Piastri, Piastri won that one, but I saw a few people complaining that... Albon, Albon did the hacking move. Yeah, but... With DRS. I, I know that was compared to the Hackenham move, but that's, that was not, no offence, Albon. Great little, great little move to get past both of them. Yeah. But nothing on the Hackenham move. Jesus Christ. There's also- a, offensive to me, Hackenham. There was a certain driver in that trio that deserves more plaudits than what was going on in uh, in the modern day as well. Or Big Sons. Exactly. Big Sons. Exactly. And before we go to break, just the um, sort of monthly or so mention of this, because no one else mentions it ever. The Yuki Sonoda lap one overtake at Miami was one of the best overtakes of the season. And no one even knows it happened. So I just want to get that out there. Yeah, what was that? Have a look at it, mate. It's belter. Do you know what? We'll have a break and I'll do that. Yeah. Please show me. Oh, you sound next to me, I will do. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to show you. Like this. You've got Google. Okay, before we talk about Mercedes and the dreaded porpoising word, a note to say this is your last opportunity if you want to get a priority... Uh, what were words? Executed um, forms. Tickets. It's just gone well. <laughs> what? Tickets. Oh, access. Yes. Tickets. That's a good word. Tickets. The link. We, we, we do event. We do show in Kota in a few months' time. It's the worst um, thing he's ever seen. It's Kevin. Yeah. Um, there are still tickets available so we're just over half sold thanks to um, all of you on Patreon so if you want uh, the last opportunity before they go on general sale which will happen on Sunday um, so you've got a few days if you're listening to this on the Wednesday uh, make sure you're part of Patreon you'll be able to book your tickets now make sure you're there Um, and if you want to gamble and wait until Sunday you can do but um, yeah last opportunity for those on Patreon to get it before everyone else comes in yeah, all right. Why are you looking at me? I've got nothing to say. Oh, I saw you literally like say something. I was honestly staring out the window. Not a thought in my mind. Good stuff. Yeah. Good. Uh, bouncing. Porpoising. Yeah. <laughs> Ben, are you okay? <laughs> shall, I, shall I run this for a minute? <laughs> yeah, go on then. Bouncing. Um, bouncing. Yeah. Lewis Hamilton said after the Belgian Grand Prix, which was, of course, uh, a couple of weeks ago, said... We had big bouncing this weekend. <laughs> we had big bouncing big this weekend. Big Belgian bouncing. <laughs> so Triple we are B. back to bouncing like we had last year. Um, now we thought that the whole conversation of porpoising might be dead, but apparently not. Sam, is this on Mercedes to fix or should there be some sort of intervention here by the FIA? That doesn't need to be an intervention. Fix yep. Fix car. your bloody car oh. at this point. I'm sorry. Well avoided. Um, yeah. Should you use the beep? Oh, uh, yeah. Damn it. Every opportunity. Gone. <laughs> gone. <laughs> All of them. Gone. Um, you fix your car. You've changed your entire principle, your entire theory around the car building that you wanted to do. And you, you know, you took the massive risk as a team to remove the zero pod philosophy midway through a season after you mucked up your winter testing and all that time that you rang and then you still can't remove your most integral problem of them not being quick enough from the actual race car. You know, like how it shows that the zero pod was never the problem. Scapegoat. Scapegoat. Just, justice for the zero pod, justice I say. Justice for zero pods. <laughs> Free Leclerc, justice for zero pods. There's a, there's a person in the Mercedes factory who, who came up with the idea of zero pods and he's like, I bloody told you. I told you. And they fired him. He's not there anymore, but yeah. <laughs> he's outside with his zero pods going, I bloody told you. Well, he hasn't because... Oh, you can't hold on to <laughs> Just air, bags of air. Um, no, this is this is really bad. This is genuinely, I and mean, it feels like Mercedes do not understand 
what's happening with their car still. And I think when you've got a lack of understanding of your, essentially your science project, if it's a Formula One car of how to make it better, you ain't going to make it better if you don't get how it works. And that worries me. That means that they haven't got clear direction. That means that they, you know, Lewis Hamilton wants a race-winning car. I'm not sure how he's going to consistently get that when his engineers and all the very, very clever individuals back at the garage can't put together where problems are coming from. Despite an entire philosophy change, you still got the same problem. You know, you think realistically that was what was causing them issues. It was slowing them down. The drivers didn't have security in what the car was doing. You get rid of that when you kind of come back into, what was it, Australia with this whole new look car and you think, boom, we're back. We've released a statement. We've got a new car. We're going to start winning again. Five races later, we're bouncing up and down, down the start finish grade. So I think this is pretty worrying. I think this is pretty damning that Mercedes don't really know what they're doing as well as they let on. What do you think, Harry? <sighs> like, get on with it, guys. <laughs> chop, chop. Um, I... Is he... No, look, I'm not criticising oh, Here we go. Here not we go. Harry says Gavin Ron, now he's really Gavin Ron. No, 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 I'm just saying, is he is he uh, over-dramatising this slightly? Because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't remember seeing Didn't a lot of bouncing. at all. Are you accusing Lewis Hamilton of making more of something? <laughs> man. I make an absolute meal out of it. Come on, man. Um, vegan meal. What are you lying for? No, uh, look, I, I'm just saying, I, I didn't, I didn't, and I'm not the one driving the car, so obviously uh, given the benefit of the doubt on that one, but compared to what we were seeing, yeah, the likes of like Baku, like, do you remember when he, he was like an old man, he Literally couldn't get out of the car? Could, couldn't get out Jeez, of the car. Yeah. Like, that, was, that, that, was, that was, that was bad bouncing. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, well, I don't remember seeing that. Bad, but Baku bouncing. It's, it is... It's, it's a worry. Uh, look, their pace was still relatively good at, at Spa, so the bouncing couldn't have been awful. Mm. Um, but it is a worry that they, that this is still an issue that crops up and they're the only team, <laughs> the only yeah. team that always keep mentioning it. I wonder, it's, it must be massively damaging their straight line speed because oh, it obviously ruins their underfloor track, like uh, traction with the, the ground, which of course sucks you to the floor. But it, it, and it's also like stability, especially at Spa, which is so high speed, stability through high speed. Imagine going through O'Rouge and your car's bouncing up and down. Yeah, that, like you're on a pogo stick at 220 <laughs> miles an hour. That is genuinely terrifying. So yeah, it's, um, it is an intriguing one that they, they have, you know, out of all the team, teams, they've, they've, they're still the ones who allegedly uh, are struggling with this. So it's, it is a bit of a worry. Um, but, like I said, it doesn't feel like it's as big an issue as it has been in the past. And it's, I guess it's only Spa that, that Hamilton made this comment of big bouncing in Belgium. Um, oh, I see how Spurs go past. I told you, it's not just me this season. That's crazy. Does <laughs> <laughs> that I'm make you mad. relieved? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a mag man. Um, but yeah, when the, when the theory is a ground effect car and your car cannot stay stable to the ground. A bit crucial. Don't work then, does it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it it got to be yourself then that this does. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> oh, is that the teacher we do? <laughs> Oscar, now is not the time. <laughs> he loves it. Oh, damn it. Um, the, 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 yeah, it must be said that they can't fully get on top of this yet. Um, and it's always been the way with Mercedes in this new era that sometimes they just don't quite seem to understand their car. I, again, I still feel like this is maybe slightly exaggerated, but it, it's a concern for sure. But also, sort it out yourselves. You've had long enough now. Get on with it. Yeah, sorry, Merck, you're on your own with this one, I'm afraid. Um, Yeah, I I think last year, certainly where nearly everyone was suffering from this to some degree, I think even the teams that were at the better end of the grid on suffering with this were still having a little bit of difficulty. So the FIA stepping in and ensuring that um, requirements had to be met in terms of safety, it, it made sense, didn't it? Whereas this year it doesn't seem as if anyone else is chatting about it. Um, so yeah, I, I think at this point it is just Mercedes need to try and fix their car in the words of Christian Oof. Horner. So um, I, is it exaggerated or not? Yeah, it probably is a bit, isn't it? But even so, even if it is exaggerated, if it's at least somewhat of a problem um, where other teams aren't facing this issue whatsoever, that really isn't good heading into the second half of the season. Um, certainly pace-wise, yet yeah, Mercedes seemed to be okay at Spa. They were certainly 
they didn't seem to be any worse at Spa than they were at other tracks for the for, mo- for the majority of the first half of the season. I know they were marginally slower than Ferrari, but it was pretty competitive, wasn't it, between those two teams? And they were slower than Red Bull, but newsflash, pretty much everyone is. So, yeah, I think overall they were pace-wise absolutely fine for where they are at the moment at Spa. Um, but certainly it's something they need to, they need to keep an eye on because there are some circuits coming up I think it's Singapore, probably. You don't want to be bouncing there. That is Car wouldn't last two laps. Singapore shake. <laughs> I could keep going all day with these. <laughs> we had the sling, so might as well introduce yeah. the sl- the shake. Yeah. The shake. Um, I also think that Zangvor actually might be a really tricky one if you've got a bouncy car. That is so, you know, you need the car to be glued to get the most out of that track that they can end up falling behind if it really is a problem we're not hearing the the classic lewis hamilton whinge which you know i'm not, i didn't say whinge by the no way no disrespect to that man he is he a goat you know of, of driving a race car good lord that man could do it but he loves to be vocal about a problem tis true don't disagree um, <laughs> again that's no disrespect to big big lh he the, wants to win it he wants to win and again he wants the best and so he will tell you that he wants the best and I, as a racing driver i think that is what you need to do but boy he loved to do it do you think maybe it's just him he's just sat in the car bouncing up and down he's got like a, a shaky leg <laughs> have you seen the clips of him i've seen it a couple of times over the past well maybe a couple of years maybe um where he <laughs> he's just waiting in the car he like bangs his head against the side of the cockpit i've not seen that. have you not no. I'll find that. No. I'll find that one next. <laughs> Add that to the list. That's bizarre. I've, honestly, no, now I'm going to do it. No idea. You keep chatting about what we're going to move on now. Yeah, I don't know. I'll just bring it back up randomly. Good. <laughs> okay, now shit. we've got permission from Harry to move on. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> he actually put together the schedule today, so if you don't, like uh, the schedule, don't give him just, the credit. He moved well, some topics into a box that were already written out for him. Well, no, if, if people don't like it, I want it directed. At <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever commented on the, on the schedule being in a bad order. How do you say schedule? I don't know, a very... You just say uh, schedule. I, schedule? I, schedule? I don't say it right. Schedule. I, I say it schedule. I'm a schedule man. I know it's not right, but... I'm also a schedule. I'm not a schedule. Moving <laughs> on. God, okay. <laughs> Valtteri Bottas, Sam's favourite driver. Oh, um, the boat. He's mentioned that sticking around for the Audi era makes sense. <laughs> sure it does, mate. Yeah. In your pockets, maybe. <laughs> Sam, do you think it's even his choice? I, I mean, he's flattering himself a little bit. I have got so much love for that man. We got to see him nearly nude again, of course, with his Instagram story recently. Good Lord. A blessing for Get the back eyes. back in the car, mate. <laughs> like, come on. Maybe don't. He looks very good nude. He doesn't look too good in the car at the moment. Um, the point being here, he doesn't look very good in the car at the moment. He's managing to beat Zhou Guangyu currently this season, but not really comfortably in the car. One whole point. But when that one whole point was scored, it wasn't really for a very normal outperformed moment that he put together, right? It wasn't like the drive of the season for him. He's going to ride bar A and he just thought that was it. <laughs> He's, he's doing Kimi Reichen's work now at this point. Turn up for the first God's race. God's work. The Iceman lives on. He never melts. Um, I'm quite surprised that he sits with such confidence to assume that when Aldi starts to look at, and that is Aldi the car brand, not Aldi the shop, like when they start to look at drivers, does he really think he's top of the shopping list for them? Does he really think that they go, first thing on the list we've got to go out and get, is Valtteri Bottas. You know, that's... Valtteri Bottas. Valtteri Bottas. Um, Get those in Aldi. You could, probably can. Um, Two for 50p. <laughs> two for a penny, mate. Um, <laughs> my point is, there's so many talented drivers, both, you know, experienced and rookie, that Aldi probably have the pick of. And why why would you currently pick Bottas? He brings this coffee and gin. And a mullet. And a great bum. I think all of those things combined have actually swayed me and that he will stick around. <laughs> That's enough reasons there. How would you do um, that? Hey, hey, get a hey. snare. Oh, go on, mate. Please hold callers. Definitely didn't miss the moment. How do you do that? <laughs> the soundboard strikes again. <laughs> Even better the second time around. Um, yeah, I agree. I don't think it will be his decision. And to your point, and this is going to sound quite cruel on Valtteri Bottas because I still think he is solid enough in the car. 
But if you were to eliminate any driver that's better than Bottas, take those out of the equation, and also take out any young drivers who have the potential to improve, who's left? I have a list of three, which... Logan Sargent. Well, he, I eliminated him because he's still young and could improve. Now, I don't actually think he will improve to the point where he will be on Bartas's level. Lance Stroll. I had Stroll and the two hash drivers on my list. What a what a selection that that's is! An, that's a, uh, an ice burn. <laughs> it's it's not a long list, put it that way. And I just don't think there's any reason for Audi who have massive aspirations in this sport. They wouldn't be coming to the sport if they didn't have massive aspirations. They aren't relying on Valtteri Bottas. It's not happening. I mean, maybe he is at he does end up being there. But if he is there, he would be there alongside either a young driver they think is world champion material or a a driver like Carlos Sainz, maybe who we discussed last week, who is at this point in his career better than Bottas. It, I, he's not being, he's not the number one driver of the Audi team. Is I cannot point. wait for a Sebastian Vettel, Nico Rosberg, all German <gasps> lineup. Oh, baby. <laughs> I wouldn't want to see that. Rosberg off. would demolish Vettel. Oh, oh. Brutal. Is that a fishing rod I can see on the oh, camera? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely bit of fishing. Harry size bit of bait hang off the end of it. <laughs> I am joking, folks, I promise. Um, yeah, I don't think it'll be his choice. Do you think it'll be his choice, Harry? I'll reiterate what I said earlier. What's that mean? I'm sure, I'm sure you would. I'm sure you would like to stick around with <laughs> Valtteri, mate. We love it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, if he does stick around, as you say, Ben, it, he... Oh, it feels really savage to say, but it'll be lucky to be there. I really I, think because it's not, if they've got aspirations to be yeah. here. And it's then, also not happening. It's not even like it's happening next year. We've got a couple of years before this even becomes a yeah, thing right. properly. You've got to go Sauber first. Well, exactly. And, and as you say, Valtteri did 2022 up until Miami. This year he's done Bahrain. Bahrain. And then season, he'll just do the testing. <laughs> and then not turn up. <laughs> not be there. Um, so he's not exactly, if he was having, a, he's had two stellar years so far, uh, or, you know, one and a half years so far at Alfa Romeo. You go, he's Fair on cop. It. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's I, I, it. I would be handing my CV out to, to um, Andrea Seidel and being like, what, what about me? Have yeah. a look. Have a, have a look at that. I'm already in have the team. Gander. I know everyone. I'm smashing it. Yeah. But he's not even doing that at the moment. So, I'm sure you would like to stay, Valtteri. Uh, and we all, as you say, we all we all like your persona. You've become way more fun since you left Mercedes. So true. Which is, you know, cool. Um, but your driving's got way less good. <laughs> On a completely separate note, I am available for employment in 2026. So. Well, there is that. Oh, wow. So yeah. there you go. Nico Rosberg versus Sam Sage. Oh, you would love to see it. Nah, Sam would demolish Nico Rosberg. <laughs> Not as big a bait, that. Imagine if it was Sam versus Vettel then. Oh, that, that might be close. This doesn't make sense. <laughs> that makes sense. I'm so confused. <laughs> oh, oh, um, I, I did have a last point. I can't even think what it is now. Um, oh, yeah. I, I actually think Audi's just going to turn out to be like the Mercedes of old in the Valtteri Bottas will still be there. One year but contract. <laughs> but he'll be joined by someone who'll keep winning titles for Audi and he'll just be on one year contracts every year and he'll just do a full loop. It'll be Bottas and Norris and Norris will win every single year and he'll just get Bottas. one year renewals every time while Bottas finishes fourth. I didn't consider Norris actually, especially with the slider link. It will not happen. I just don't see why. This is where it happens. I'm so bad at all <laughs> things. I guess that just hit you there. I'm so sorry. No, I'm fine. I didn't make you bad. <laughs> I just don't see why you would take the risk of leaving an already temperamental McLaren for an unknown True. entity that is Audi. And I mean, Audi are a powerhouse. We'll discuss this, but I don't see someone like Norris taking a punt. Would be banter though. And oh, that love is it. A good reason to do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, I mean, it, banter is a good reason for anything. Content and banter. See he loves the contenders, land. He loves the banter. <laughs> okay, we're going to take our final break. We'll be playing F1 back and forth right after this. The crowd goes wild. wild. Yeah. Quick. 
quick shout out before we go into back and forth. We have got a special Q&A episode coming up this weekend. So Sunday's episode um, will be at least at least half Q&A, if not a little bit more than that. Um, we've already got loads of questions that have come in via Spotify. So if you're on Spotify, you can use the Q&A function there. Just use that and we'll be monitoring those. We already are for those that have already submitted theirs. Um, social channels, there's a post on Instagram. You can get involved there on Twitter as well. At late breaking F1, absolutely everywhere on socials. Correct. Basically, just get in touch with us wherever you think you can reach us and we'll put it into consideration. We'll get through as many questions as we can on Sunday. I want more serious questions as well that we can debate about properly. I know it's funny to ask us, you know, would I hit Harry with a pizza or a hot dog? And that is a great debate to have. I think we can make an hour out of that. I mean, we yeah. can film it and do it for real. <laughs> um, but I would also like some proper good gnarly F1 questions. Let's get the bait out again. No, there's enough of that That's on enough this bait. episode. Let's go on to F1 back and forth. F1. Back and forth, it's F1. Back and forth, it goes backwards. Then goes forth, it's F1. Back and forth, F1. It's... Every time. If you want to come see us live, we're going to play it. We're going to play it. Damn right we are. are F1. Gonna... Sorry, Ben. No. Cut that man off. Do you know what? It wasn't even worth me interrupting. <laughs> oh, no, I need to hear it. I was just going to ask you, are you going to sing it live? I could do. Yeah. Yes. I forget the words. I told you that wasn't worth it. Go, Ben. We're, do we're doing a full sing-along. Oh, nice. Everyone's singing along. Yeah. Um, regardless. F1 back and forth. Harry versus Sam. There is a category. There are 20 correct answers in this category. Harry and Sam will go back and forth on them until one of them cannot think of an answer or gives an incorrect answer. Now, if you remember oh, no. a few back and forths ago, I think we did a question of the last probably 20 drivers to win the first race of the season. I can't remember any of them. I don't remember that. I'm vaguely. Carry on. I want you to name the last 20 drivers. Then this is going back to 1989. Oh. God. Last 20 drivers to win the last race of the season. Oh, fuck. I thought he was going to say second race. Yeah, that'd oh. be hilarious. Next week, third race. Can we Just do... Loads to play loads with there. <laughs> the 20 drivers that Sam would beat. We've had two of them this podcast. Go on then. Who else you got? Uh, well, that's it. we're saving it. Don't ruin right. it. Uh, who's going first? Well... Harry, you can go first. Okay. Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen has won the last race of the season in each of the last three years, 2022, 2021, and 2020. We are not discussing 2021 any further than this. <laughs> Sam. It's a statement of fact. Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton has won the last race of the season in 2019, 2018, 2016, and 2014. 2021 is not on that list, and we will not be speaking about that. <laughs> Good. Harry. Good stuff. Um, ooh. Good. We're on to three. What? Did you... You've got 18 to go. <laughs> no, sorry. Um, Just say a good drive. I was... I thought... Doesn't matter. I will go for Michael Schumacher. <laughs> Michael Schumacher won the last race of the season in 2000, 2001, and 2002. Sam. Mm, Nico Rosberg. Nico Rosberg, just once, but he won the last race of the season in 2015. 2015. Look at me go. Cool. I'm proud of that. Um, not quite as good as Nico Rosberg, but Sebastian Vettel. Oh. <laughs> it's close. It's a um, joke. I'm just playing when on When did I joke. win the last race of the season? Well, 2026. 2013, 2010, and 2009 that Sebastian mm. Vettel won the last race of the year. Back to you, Sam. Fernando. Just once, but he did. 2005. I thought Harry. it was more than that. Oh dear. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> Uh, Jensen Chocolate Button. A classic. Jensen Chocolate Button won the last race of the season in... 2012? 2012. Well done. Well done. Uh, Nico Hulkenberg should have won that race. Oh, man. Oh, God. Sam. Mika Hakkinen. 
Mika Hakkinen won the last race of the season in 97, which was his first ever race win. And then he won in 98 and 99 to wrap up both championships. So he had a good relationship with the last race of the season, did old Mika. Always Harry. waiting for more. What a, what a big minx. Uh, <laughs> I'll go for um, Dr. Nigel Mansell. Nigel Mansell won the last race of the season in 1994. Back to you, Sam. Jacques Villeneuve. Oh, no! Was it not the last race? Oh, no. Was it not the last race? What, that what last race? You know the one I'm on about. Oh, no, no, Big Minx. Mika oh, won that yeah. one. All right, we'll skip that one. Ignore that. <laughs> Damon Hill. <laughs> Now, Damon Hill did win the last race of the season and he did it twice in 95. We'll just keep running through. I've lost, but we'll keep running through. Okay. Uh, we've already spoken about him. Valtteri Bottas. Valtteri Bottas. Yes. 2017, he won the last race of the year. Have we covered off the 21st century yet? No. Oh, for How many are we missing? Five. Five? As many as five? Five from this century, yeah. Kimi Raikkonen. Four from, yeah. Um, oh, Kimi yeah. Raikkonen won the last race in 2007. Um, that was a pretty important one, yeah. Yeah. Good job he won that. Um, yeah. Felipe, baby. Felipe Massa. Oh, yes. Good thing course. he won in 08 and wrapped that up. Oh, oh, oh. So sorry, Felipe. Oh, dear. Uh, 2006, he won the last race as well, though. So he did it twice. Prost. No Prost on this list, surprisingly. Oh, that is surprising. That is yes. quite a shock, actually. Yeah. Go for the other one. <laughs> Senna. <laughs> Senna did. 91 okay. and 93, he won the last race of the year. Um, now I'm a little bit... I'll get a little bit shaky. Have you actually got any more names on your... I'm still trying to... I'm, I'm shook that we've we've still got so many left did in... Did Irvine do it? Oh, no, I forgot I am the king of picking good drivers <laughs> that did well but didn't win the last race. Not the last race. Um, did four, four more from the 21st century? Three more from the three more from the 21st century. Did Ralph Schumacher? Yeah. No, no Ralph Schumacher. Fissi Keller? No. Montoya? Montoya won the yeah. last race yeah. in 2004. Oh, Christ. But you are missing that. Oh, 03. Yeah. Who the hell won? Barrichello. Rubens Barrichello. So you're actually missing the first three names on the list and also one from the 21st century. Nick Lauda. <laughs> for the 21st century. <laughs> oh, for the 21st century. My bad. Sorry. I was no, going back not, to the 80s. He's not there for the 21st century. Yeah, I think he's also not there for the 20th century either. Right. Good. We're missing one for the 21st century. Correct. Heinz Harold Franks. <laughs> Not for the 21st century. Are you allowed to tell us the year? 2011. Mark Webber. Mark Webber. Mark Webber. Uh, and then you're just missing 89, 90, and 92. Oh. Uh, 89, 90, 92. Roland Ratzenberger. Okay. Ricardo Patrese? It's a good shout, but no. Gerhard Berger? Berger won 92. Yeah. Berger. Burger. I mean, 89 and 90 is when those two kept having each other off. Yes. Is in Senna and Prost. Yes. But who... Is it like Nanini? No, he did win Japanese Grand Prix, but that wasn't the last race of the season. Oh, yeah, because... I think. Bloody Adelaide. Um, it's going on in me as well. Uh, is that all we've got left? you got two more. 89 and 90, yeah. Okay. That's it. It's not the racist, is it? Oh, no. Is it Nelson Piquet? Yeah. Oh. What, for both? No, just 1990. There's one more name for 1989. 89. Oh, I want to get it now. First name on this list. No one's ever said this, but I'm happy I got the racist. <laughs> good. 89. 89. Who was good in 89? No one, really. <laughs> He won a handful of races, this guy. It wasn't his only one, but he didn't he didn't get to double figures. He wasn't he, a world a beater. Thierry Bootson. Thierry Bootson. Where's his cats? The list. <laughs> nice. I think 
you might have had a few wrong answers in there. So I don't think it was quite a clean sweep. No, I, I didn't do well at all. <laughs> to oh. be fair, Jacques Villeneuve was, uh, as soon as I was writing this list out, I knew that there were two traps on this list, Jacques Villeneuve and Alain Prost, and you managed to hit both of them. That's so me though. I'm such yeah. like the normal guy, you know, I'm the everyday man. <laughs> such the normal guy. I'm the guy, guy next door. You know? <laughs> the average sure. Joe. I really am. I represent the people. I'm doing Cop it for you sound. guys. Just, yeah, me and you are the... With, what, you listeners are me in this conversation. <laughs> I've got two brainiacs next to me. I really try, you know. He tries and he tries. I try and I try and I fail. Oh, dear. Well, that's it. Sam. <laughs> Podcast over. I'm done. Got anything else <laughs> to say? I'm done. Um, sorry for all the chaos. Right. Generally in life. All right, just generally. Um, no, you plugged everything, really. Link in the descriptions, of course, for all your needs. Uh, Discord, come and join us for a chat. <laughs> all your needs. Yeah, you know, get your shopping, get that down there as well. Um, yeah, we've got Patreon again. You don't, you don't just get early access to these tickets as well for our live show, of course. You get two extras, depending on the tier that you're on, which is two extra episodes a month. You also get Beer With Breaking, which is already live for August. And you get a little birthday shout out on the month of your birth. Uh, which we will remember to do before the end of the month. But if you, Swear to God, if you're, you a, if you're an August time. baby, if you're a Leo, as I've been told, um, then, like you me. know, we, we give you some time to join in, you know, because yeah. you might go, oh, it's my birthday this month. I'll jump into Patreon and you get a little shout out. So whilst you're there, buy a ticket to the live show. Even if you're not coming. Well, no, that would be stupid. Oh, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. That's bad advice. Anyway, I've been Samuel Say. <laughs> I've been Ben Hawking. And I've been Boots and Cats. Nice. And remember, keep breaking late. Talking over him, say goodbye, Gal. Boots and cats. Boots and cats. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Three. (laughs) Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.